At the tail end of 2022, we embarked on a new season of the CCBS podcast show. We interviewed Matt and Esther about their endearing testimony of adoption. Little did we realise when we started recording the gold we would unearth in the process. This profound account is an example to us all of enduring love, faith and determination in the face of adversity. After recording, we felt this episode deserved a place of its own at the beginning of the new series. It comes in two parts and this story will serve as a beacon of light to anyone who is thinking of adopting. It is educational, encouraging and uplifting. Without further ado, here are Matt and Esther as they launch a new Pondify podcast show. And from the soil grew up this tiny little plant and then it turned into a sunflower. And in, in this picture I saw myself dig the sunflower up, put it in a wheelbarrow and take it home and put it on my windowsill. And in that moment I felt God basically say, look, this seed is going to come from some other place, but you're the one that's going to nurture it by taking it home. The other thing is, is that well, in in this waiting again, God was really, really kind on two occasions. That so we'd gone on holiday and it was it was really stressful at work. I had a lot on my mind. You know, we got all this, we'd had all this flurry of activity and then nothing for ages. And I was sat on the coach from the airport to our hotel in Turkey, and I closed my eyes and I just said, like God, what's going on? Like when's when this when's this going to happen? And he very, very clearly said to me, in two weeks, you're going to hear something. Two weeks. So I thought, okay, I'll enjoy my holiday. So the week's holiday went by and then we got back and then it was another another week to the day. It was an email or a phone call. I got a phone call from our social worker and I could hear in her voice and she said, Esther, I've got a profile for you. And I knew that this was different. The way that she was excited talking to me, I thought she knows something here. She had a profile of this baby. I was getting ready to go and meet Matt in London for a night out. We were going to go to the theatre and we were at dinner beforehand talking about the information she told me. We were waiting for the email to arrive with the profile and it arrived just before the, the show and we read it and we watched the show but we didn't really watch the show because we were so excited because this profile just sounded perfect. I thought, I think this is, I think this is my baby. There was no photos or anything. We just heard about her. That was the first thing, you know, God's timing. The second thing is that we told our, our small group at the time that we'd got we got this match. And one of the dads of the people in our small group was there. And he said, oh, have you got an, a name? And Esther said, no, I haven't been given a name by God. And I said, well, I have. And they said, oh, what's the name? And they gave that, and, and I told them what the name was. I'm not going to mention what the name is on, on here. But the profile that we'd gotten was not the name that God had given me. Anyway, as we as we began to explore matching and whether or not this was the right baby for us, we were talking to the, the social worker about middle names. And she said, oh, yeah, she has got a middle name. And she said a name, that it, it was a name like the one that, that God had given me. And she said, let me dig out the paperwork. She said, oh, no, sorry, I got it wrong. It's this name. And it was the exact name that God had given to to me on, on my way to work when I'd asked him. Again, it was just like, what? This is incredible. Like, it was one of those moments where, like, your mouth just drops open. You just don't know what to say. And it was just, 
it was like, oh, oh my gosh, I know that God speaks. I know that God sent us on this journey, and yet his timing has been perfect. Yes, yes, we've had these disappointments. Yeah, we were thinking, oh, that should have been our baby, but it wasn't. But then he's given us a timeline. He's stuck to that timeline. He's left in like clues, like obvious clues that, you know, if, if we weren't sure that that was our baby, now we knew. Now we knew. We were like, right, okay, fine. Yeah, let's go to the next part. Because, you know, it was Esther's favourite part, the next bit, because you have to go to panel again, the interview (laughs) again. So do you want to explain that? (laughs) Yep. So we said, yes, we want to adopt this baby. This is going to be our daughter. And so then we met with medical professionals about her. We met with her foster carer that she was living with at the time. We didn't meet her, but we met the foster carer. They kind of piece it all together, write another report about us and why we should be parents of this this little little girl and then you go back to panel and you go in front of a room of people and I think I was more nervous this time because after this panel if they said yes the following week we would meet her but if they said no we would go back to square one well not back to square one back to to matching but I knew that this was our little girl this she she was going to be ours so I thought well they can't say no but but they could so yeah so very nerve-wracking and then so you go to the panel um they say yes yeah they say yeah (laughs) (laughs) unanimous (laughs) and then what is the process from there what is it like actually bringing her home and maybe even further than that what is it like to begin uh parenting so then we start preparing or we had already started preparing our home we'd got a cot we got everything we needed for a baby i had made a blanket that um we kind of had in our bed that while we were sleeping so that it got the scent of us which was then taken to the baby after the panel said yes so that she was getting used to our smell we took photos big photo printouts of us that the foster carer would then put around the house so that she's getting used to our faces a little toy with a voice recording which she would then play with and then and it's all kind of to try and get her used to us before we then meet her so we then met her on the 7th of November so we met her for an hour and then went home again and then the next day two hours and then went home again and we kind of kept building it up until then the foster care would bring her to our house and after these 10 days we then went drove to the foster carer's house picked up our baby and brought her home forever that was scary because <laughs> it's like uh oh no going back but I love the phrase that the adoption agencies use and that we use, forever family. I love that. Yeah. You know, there, there are, apparently there are 9,000 children in the UK at the moment that are looking for a forever family. Mm. That just breaks my heart. Mm. Our daughter, will, uh, our eldest daughter, will always be mm. in our forever family. We will always be her mum and dad. There is a legal uh, contract that's made that cannot be broken. It cannot be broken. And so you asked about what parenting was like uh, as well once she was with us. Well, she slept really well. (laughs) Like we were so spoiled. Like all our friends were like, our our children, our children don't go to sleep, you know. And we were like, well, our daughter's nine months old. She's bottle fed. She's in a routine and she goes to sleep and she sleeps through the night. And they were just jealous. (laughs) (laughs) You know, this baby was supposed to be broken, but (laughs) but, but, but no. It's a good Um, start. and, And then... A couple of months in, <clears throat> we um, we got a phone call from social services saying, 
oh, birth mum's pregnant again. Um, would you like another one? Uh, they didn't say it like that. That's that, that, that's the way I that's the way I heard it. That was the gist. Yeah, and um, and we were like, what? We've been parents for like two or three months. Do we want? Do we want another? What? No, this is mad. We prayed about it, and we said yes. And so, whilst learning to be parents of this amazing baby <laughs> that was funny, <laughs> hilarious, all of a sudden we hear about uh, a, a sister, and um, we could never have said no. Like, you know, um, I've got sisters, Esther's got sisters. Uh, I know the benefits of, of having siblings. And I'm so glad <laughs> that we said yes. You don't start all the way again. You you do still have to be assessed because there is something that changes in your home. And that is that there's another baby. Uh, there's a baby to con- to consider. They do still check you out and, and make sure that, that, that nothing too drastic has changed and so we so when we went to matching panel for a third time panel a third time you were so chilled out esther you were like yeah this is easy breezy <laughs> like no problem now yeah so approval panel and matching panel on the same day we had two panels in and out and actually the panel chair when they said yes that we could adopt our youngest daughter she came back in and she said well obviously it was unanimous that they said yes she said one of the panel members actually said this family can adopt as many children as they want (laughs) (laughs) there's another there's an so there's nine thousand yeah 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 just need a bigger house just need a big house yeah yeah. yeah. (laughs) where's give me back my flat but but again another thing that god's done is is uh, again to do with names before esther and i had even thought about adopting i had said to a group of my friends if i ever had a girl i would name her this this name now, some of our very good friends, they uh, shortly after I told them that, got pregnant, they had a little girl, and they named their daughter that particular <laughs> name, and I was fuming. Well, one of the, the massive benefits about adopting is that y- you don't choose <laughs> your, your children's names. Well, I got my wish. <laughs> the, the, the name that I wanted is the name of my, my youngest daughter, and at her celebration party, I did remind my friends on the microphone in front of everyone that they are name thieves, but I still got my way. So I won. I won. <laughs> so just a couple of questions. Um... One step back. Sorry, just one step back because it just dawned on me that we haven't covered something that was kind of important. You said earlier with birth children, you take them around and you introduce them to everybody immediately and you get them socialised. But with adoptive children, it's completely different. Could you explain that? So with adoptive children, you have got a child that moves into your home that does not know you at all. And they have got to build up a bond. They've got to form an attachment with you to learn to trust you, to learn who you are. Because this is a baby. It's not like you can tell them this is your mummy and they will understand that. And this is your daddy. They have got to learn it by kind of all of their senses and knowing that you are there for them. So um, for the first few weeks or three or four weeks, you are mainly at home or you're going out, but you you cannot meet up with many people. You definitely cannot let other people hold your child, which is very strange, especially when you first meet people and you say, this is my daughter. And people ask, like, can I hold her? And we had to say no. And it's really hard because you want to share in the excitement, but you can't do that for the benefit of your child that they need to know 
that you are there for them all the time even in this scary situation you've just taken them out to meet hundreds of new faces that they've never seen and you are still there for them holding them you're not going to pass them on and say here you go live with somebody else because that's their experience of life so far that was particularly hard for grandparents uh, as well because again especially with my my mum my sister has uh, a natural child my nephew and he lived with my parents for probably the first year my mum was so used to holding babies like for for to be told you know actually you can't even come around our house if we meet up with you you're gonna see us for five minutes we're not coming in your house you can have to meet us outside somewhere just to look at this child you can't do any of that i think they found that really difficult i think esther's mum probably found that quite difficult actually like (laughs) we're here podcasting tonight and mum nana (laughs) is is looking after the girls and like they they absolutely love their nana like they really do like it's it's hilarious again if, if any of you know us or know our children and come to church on a Sunday, you will hear two shrill screams of Nana and see two kids running along the front of the um, at the church hall and bundling an elderly lady. <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's not elderly. elderly. She's elderly. She's older than me. <laughs> so you've got your two daughters. What was the process of telling them that they are adopted? Did, do they know that they're adopted? What was that like? So they. it is something we have always talked about with them. We were told throughout the process that if they can remember a day when they were told that they were adoptive they have been told too late it is something that they've always known we've always spoken about it they have got a book that has got lots of pictures in pictures of birth parents pictures of foster care it's a it's called a life story book and it tells the story of the beginning of their life and then we carry it on um i used to practice telling them when they were too young to understand but I would say oh you know so and so's got a baby in their tummy but you didn't grow in my tummy did you you grew in somebody else's tummy and and then I became your mummy so it was just natural language they understood it and yeah that's just the way it's always been. I guess something you hear parents say who have biological children a lot is you hear them say like oh, I came to such a deeper or a different understanding of the love of God for me as a father now that I have kids. And so you guys adopting your children, what would you add to that or what would you say to that? So every Christmas, most recently, we go to Esther's mum and dad's and at Christmas dinner, like I just, I look around the table at everyone and I look at uh, my girls and Esther's dad's responsible for this, (laughs) for bringing this thought to me. Because he, he said, like, quite early on, he said, you know, I just couldn't imagine them not being here. Just imagine where they could have been. We're very lucky. Our children didn't spend barely any time with their birth parents. But you hear stories of children that have had horrific upbringings. But again, even what we do know of, I just thank goodness that our children are with us. It's like, it makes me think, well, where would I be without my Heavenly Father? Yeah. The equivalent is they could have been in dirty nappies being shouted at, being hungry, being cold, just not being understood. That's the equivalent of what it would be like for for me if I wasn't with God. I would be in filthy rags, hungry, cold, alone, abandoned, but I'm not because God picked me. In the same way that we picked our children, God picked me. Mm. You know, if you're a Christian, listen to this, God chose 
you. Not that he just chose you, but he gave everything for you so that you could become part of God's forever family. Mm. Um, with with that um, comes an inheritance, comes an innate sense of responsibility. They, they Again, when, you, when talking about families, they, they say that um, the more you spend time with your family, the more you look like them, mm. not just physically, but in terms of the mannerisms, in terms of what they find funny, in terms of the way that they laugh, they, they pick it up. And it's the same with adopted children. It's called epigenetics. And, and what it means is, is basically, yeah, the children who may have been adopted into your family, they might not look like you, although our girls are pretty tall. And when people say, oh, your girls are tall, aren't they? I go, yeah, just like their mum, the six footer over here. Um, uh, but, but again, in, in the way that they laugh, in the way that they're humor, in the way that they're cheeky, you know, in the way that they're kind, they, they, they look like the mix of Esther and I. And it's the same with us and God. The more time that we spend with him, the more time that we spend with our brothers and sisters in Christ, the more and more we look like Jesus. Yeah. And and that's the goal, right? Yeah. That we look more and more like Jesus. Yeah. And so that's how becoming an adoptive parent has made me reflect on what it means to be um, adopted into God's family. Yeah. I think the thing I find most comforting is that it is a forever family, yeah. um, not just until we die but beyond i think for me going back to your question the realizations come in different ways people often say when they have given birth they've got this bond this kind of rush of love for this child that goodness me i love this child so much how much more does god love me um whereas we didn't get that at first you have got a child who you are learning to love and we we did love them straight away but the the bond gets deeper and deeper as you parent more. Our children struggle with different things and some of their behaviours, they may do things and I can't stop them doing that. And I, I love them so much, but I, I want them to stop hurting themselves or stop doing something which is, is damaging. But I can't do it, but I've got to love them through it. And I think God sees that in us we yeah. do things we hurt ourselves we damage damage ourselves and he can't stop us doing it because he's given us this free will but he loves us through it and you know and I will always be there for my girls always and they can no matter what they do I will be there and I know that God is there more so for me no matter what I do he's there your children have got I mean they're very blessed to have parents who love them intentionally and understand so much around that what are your hopes for your children your daughters for the future because you've parented them for the last five years four years um, you are going to parent them for the rest of their lives you will always be their parents because they are your forever family what are your hopes for them? When we were being matched with our youngest daughter, I asked the matching social worker why they chose us. Because although, yes, we have to say yes to profiles, they're the ones that have to suggest it in the first place. And she said something that, you know, I'd, I'd been told by, by other people that you're not, you shouldn't really talk about being Christians when you're adopting. You shouldn't, you shouldn't say anything because that, that it won't look favourably on you. But I just couldn't not do it. 
And she said, look, the reason we chose you is because we know that you're Christians. We know that these children, they need to be somewhere where there's good morals, where they're going to be brought up and where they're going to have, you know, a, a large family, basically. And that, again, it just confirmed things for me. But my hopes for my for my girls is that they know Jesus as their best friend. They will have traumas that will hurt them and upset them. They may have learning difficulties. They may struggle with different things. I'm not bothered what they choose to be. I just want them to be happy. I want them to know Jesus. I want them to know that they are loved by God, that they are loved by us, that we're we're never going to walk out on them and that God's never going to walk out on them. No way, no way. And that's it. Yeah, I think for me that just knowing that they are loved, we put a lot of effort into showing them love, being there for them because we do love them and we are there for them. But I want them to know that and it to not be something that they have to think about, that it's just there within them, that we love them and that God loves them. And so what would you guys say? You've talked a lot about the process of adoption and it is quite a, a lengthy, difficult, challenging process. What would you guys say? Um, obviously, if there's anyone at CCBS, they can come and talk to you about this. But what would you guys say to someone maybe who's listening um, who's thinking about adoption but understanding the process that it's going to be and uh, maybe what encouraging words would you say or just advice or um, anything along those lines so the first thing I would say is come and come and talk to us and come and have dinner with us and we will tell you so much more <laughs> than, than, we're, than we're happy to talk about um, with, with, with you guys we'll, we'll talk to you about all the nitty-gritty yeah. um, that's how our journey really started you know God told us um, he put something on our heart and we investigated it by having a conversation with a couple that had, that had adopted. We do it quite often. Um, uh, it's nothing new. You know, you're never going to ask us any questions that are going to make us feel incredibly awkward because we've already been asked them. And if we are asked a question that we don't want to answer, we won't answer it. So it is not something to be scared of. Yeah. And and so yeah, come and have dinner. <laughs> Bring wine, and again, pray about it. We've we met with a couple a, a little while ago who said um, that they had been asking God for for a uh, for a sign for confirmation about adoption. And I was on a course, and um, uh, with this particular lady, I said, "Oh, I'm an adopter," and I saw her eyes open. She stopped her conversation and was like, "What? You're an adopter?" Now, I didn't know at the time that she'd been asking God <laughs> for for a sign, but she came over in, with, with her husband and we spoke about it. And she told us, again, God had said that this is what was going to happen. And she'd asked for confirmation. God speaks. God speaks. It may not be the same that for everyone. It may just be that actually you have a conviction to say, you know what? I can, I can be a mum or I can be a dad. I can parent or I want to parent someone who's been through trauma. Therefore, I'm going to investigate this. Um, some people hear God verbally like you, you heard you're going to adopt your first child. Others, it's just a feeling. Investigate it. Come and talk. Just because you're having a conversation doesn't mean that you've got to commit. As we said, it takes a long, long time. <laughs> if it isn't going to happen, it's not going to happen. Yeah. They won't let it. Um, I guess something I would ask is... Um so you've talked a bit about this term forever family. I'm just thinking about that term in terms of the church and the body of Christ. Just aware that for a lot of people, they might look at their church or the church, the global church, and be wondering how 
they can take what they've experienced as family, good or bad, and actually apply that word, that same word to the church or the body of Christ. So I guess, uh, for example, what I'd say is to you, family is close knit and it's really tight. And it means that, you know, every single year you're getting a card on your birthday or every single year you're getting a call from this relative and they're going to remember and they're going to love you in it. And that's what family means to you. It's a, it's a close tight knit thing. Um, and you're coming into the family of God or or the church or whatever. And you're kind of going, Oh, that's not my experience, Mm -hmm. you know, or things like that. But it, but scripture says we are adopted into family. We are adopted into the body of Christ, into the church. I don't know. What, what would you say to that? Having, having adopted these children into your forever family, just, I don't know. That term was just stuck out to me a bit. I think people are messy, right? Yeah. Um, we all come with trauma. Uh, we all come with brokenness. And it isn't all sunshine and rainbows in a natural family, in an adoptive family, in church family. Again, like you you can get hurt (laughs) in church if if you don't realize that that actually it's a a doctor's waiting room full of broken people. It isn't always that way, (laughs) thankfully. And there is community in in order to experience authenticity. You you have to be vulnerable. You have to talk about it. Um, You have to talk about your hopes, your dreams your broken bits, you know, your disappointments. And church is fantastic, but it's about Jesus. Yeah. We're trying to be like Jesus, but some of us are a bit further off than others. <laughs> and again, you can be disappointed by people all the time in the same way with your family. You know, you like I think back to my upbringing, there are there are certain things that that cling into me that when somebody else does it, it reminds me of a time that yeah. You know, someone wasn't there with my birth family. When we were going through the process of adopting, this is going to sound so arrogant, the um, the social worker said, oh, we're going to have to try and find some flaws in you, Matt, um, uh, because, you know, you've got all these different strengths as to why you'd be a, a really good parent. So we're going to have to come up with something. And I said, oh, I know what it is. I said, I know what my flaw- flaws are. I tease. I tease people in general. Now... They said, oh, well, you, you know, you're going to you're gonna have to curb that a bit, aren't you? You're going to have to work on that. And I think I've teased my daughters five or six times today already over, over, the, over the dinner table. I can't help it. I don't mean, and sometimes I do it too much and they cry. And, uh, and, <laughs> and, and, and I, know, I know that my youngest daughter, she, you know, she struggles with, um, with, giving, with giving things that she perceives as hers away to others. Not because she's mean, but because something was taken from her when she was younger her, her foster family was taken from her when she was younger but it, don't, it doesn't make me a bad person <laughs> that like, i forgot that time or that i teased that time it just means to say that i, I wasn't perhaps thinking yeah. of somebody else and so some people would expect church to be full of fixed lovely wonderful people when it's not mm. anybody expects perfect is really deluded I mean, we come from families. I mean, I see my dad through very romantic eyes because he died when I was 14. But as an adult, I can see my dad worked too much. He (laughs) took the mickey too much. He must have had some sharp edges, but he was much softer. And I see my mum has sharp edges. And I look at myself and I absolutely, you know, I, I take the mickey out of my children all the time. I love them dearly, 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 but I'm imperfect. When you come into church, to the church family, for some reason, 
perfection is expected and we expect of ourselves and of others but the reality of it is that we love despite who people are most often not because of who they are and if we only love people because of who they are there's something quite wrong with that because god loves us despite who we are not because of who we are because who we are is alienated and completely distant from god but who he knows we can be is his children there's something really deeply profound about that we need to talk about family of god at some point i think as a as a topic itself really i just want to finish by blessing you both i've said this before that your daughters are very blessed to have you but you know when you were matched to your daughters in heaven they were matched to you and i think there's something deeply deeply profound and to be honest on sunday for the first time i had a chance to say hello to them and chat to them and they're lovely it was just so nice (laughs) i mean i like kids anyway but you know there is so just bless you guys um bless you in your parenting bless you in your relationship together bless you as you uh evangelize adoption because i know you're really passionate about it and we really you know please tell more i have thought of something that i, I do want to say like not everyone will be called to be an adopter or a foster carer by just supporting families who are going through that it is tough it is tough parenting in general is, is tough that it's likely that if there was one family in every single church in the uk if one family in each church were to adopt you know those nine thousand children would have their forever families so you know like su- support them bless them come and babysit <laughs> um uh, you know like pray for pray for them um encourage them that's and i'm not yeah yeah i mean we we have experienced that massively in our church family we 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 really really have so yeah we just want to i want to thank i want to thank our church family um for, for that as well Thank you.